Hello and welcome to this Nutri-Ingredients podcast. I'm Nikki Hancocks, editor of Nutri-Ingredients Europe, and in this episode I'm speaking with Professor Paul Ross, director of APC Microbiome Ireland, which is a research institute celebrating 20 years of leading the microbiome research arena. Not only has this team published a wealth of industry-changing scientific studies, but it also has an outreach programme devoted to spreading the word about microbiome health. Professor Ross has been a member of the Institute since its inception in 2003, and it seemed to me that in this time the market has witnessed an extraordinary evolution in terms of both scientific and consumer interest in this topic. So I began our discussion by asking Paul if he thinks the founding members would have thought the market would come as far as it has today when they launched. We hoped it would. Did we envisage that it would? I, I think we did. You know, I, um, I think APC was set up by a number of visionaries, um, but Fergus himself was a, a fantastic director right from the start. Um, when we started 20 years ago, microbiome science was kind of a fledgling um, science. And since it's kind of transformed a number of disciplines, I'm a microbiologist, say, for instance, and I, and it's really only in the last couple of decades that we have began to appreciate that bacteria normally don't live on their own, but live in large, complex communities mm-hmm. that affect our lives in so many ways. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think microbiome science is transforming, has transformed how we study microbiology, but not alone that, things like food science, and more recently, medicine, you know, and has huge uh, implications for, like, say, take orally taking drugs and, and so on and so forth. I think what we're seeing is we're seeing uh, maybe more of an interest now coming from the nutrition uh, food side in the last number of years from, you, you know, major international powerhouses companies like Nestle and Fonterra, Kraft, Kerry. Um, and um, I think that comes out of a realization that this food pharma interface can be a very, very lucrative one, but not alone that, can, but can address some of the major global problems that we face as human beings, you know, with regards to food shortage, with regards to you know, the uh, increase in chronic disease in Western societies and so on. Mm. Mm. So, so obviously you've spoken a lot about the industry interest there. Yeah. Do you think you really imagined that there, it would capture the consumer interest to this degree? Because it really is such a hot topic now. It is a very hot topic. You know, we've recently done a survey of, uh, these are, uh, uh, of just the general population. And to be quite honest, we... We were a small bit disappointed. We see about a thirty percent, you know, uh, um, not you know, knowledge of microbiome itself within, okay. you know, you know, uh, just uh, ordinary consumers. But it's a lot higher in younger people, you know. It's yeah, around fifty okay. percent of the awareness. And was that survey uh, in Ireland? Yes, or? that survey yeah. was in Ireland. Yes, and so, and you know, I would say even locally here there is a general, it may be a heightened awareness because we exist, you know, around the Cork region in particular, that yeah. uh, 
that there's a heightened awareness of microbiome and maybe how people can control you know that a diverse diet you know will lead to a diverse microbiome and that may have mm. implications for different aspects of your health yeah yeah but those numbers like you say i mean really um perhaps we have a skewed uh vision of how many people are talking about this topic when you see numbers like that 30 percent of people kind of aware of microbiome health so there's a long way to go there's still a, lot there is a long way to go and you know apc like other sfi centers have a we have a, a large outreach program where we i suppose preach the benefits of microbiome and of microbiome science to at all levels with these are the true uh public events uh public talks but also at what we call primary and secondary level education. And so we do a lot of school visits and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, we do what we can. Mm -hmm. And through, you know, you were, you were mentioning there about like press releases and that sort of area. And we try to stay in, um, in the news as much as we can. Um, and obviously the Institute has produced more than 3,000 peer-reviewed uh, scientific publications, yes. uh, which is fantastic. Um, just recently, we on Nutri Ingredients wrote about the recent study on uh, the impact of the gut on social anxiety disorder. Do you think that mental health will be a key area of focus for the team moving forward? And what are some of the less researched aspects of health that the team believe the gut microbiome may have a great uh, potential impact? Going forward, brain gut will be one of the key areas that we work on. Um, it addresses, and, and you know, in even more so in post-COVID, you know, things like depression, um, um, anxiety, um, and a number of mental disorders um, that we feel that while the microbiome might be causative, it can def mm -hmm. definitely exasperate the situation through you know, altered eating habits or whatever. But from a mechanistic point of view, Ted Dynan and John Cryan are, are, are two of the pioneers in this area. They wrote a book in it, The Psychobiotic Revolution. Mm -hmm. And they have a number of models that look at, say, fear, anxiety, cognition, but also, also diseases of, you know, aging, such as Alzheimer's and... Mm -hmm and Parkinson's and these sorts of diseases and how the microbiome might, may contribute to them. Mm -hmm. And this brain gut access is a key feature of basically of, you know, our overall well-being. Yeah. And coming up with a mechanistic basis of how gut microbes in your intestine can produce different neuroactive compounds or can be sensed by uh, neural cells in your intestine you know, and transmitted to the brain and to cause changes in the brain is a major area of study for us. And I will say also, where you, you mentioned, Nikki, about industry earlier on, it's a key area for industry, you know, and um, how, you know, what you eat affects your behavior, your, and, and your mental well-being through the microbes that inhabit your gut. And so going forward, that, that will be a key area. But there are other key areas where microbiome science is really, really important. 
specific one, which is antimicrobial resistance. Yeah. Antimicrobial resistance is, you know, today about, in the last three years, about 7 million people have died of COVID. Terrible. Mm -hmm. And it shows the vulnerability of humankind to infection. It is estimated that if antimicrobial resistance isn't tackled, and this is where the bacteria become resistant to antibiotics, there'll be, by the year 2050, 10 million people will die per year. And this is because there is a paucity of new drugs being antimicrobial antibiotics being developed in the industry. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and also the, the, the rapidness at which bacteria can overcome them. And we believe that a lot of uh, solutions lie in the microbiome itself, lie within ourselves. And uh, a group led by Colin Hill and myself, we work quite a lot on how bac bacteria competition in the gut, how bacteria can compete with each other. And in particularly, when they do compete, they compete by producing small peptides, bactericins, that kill other bacteria. Other bacteria, normally, that are like themselves, that compete in the same environment. And, it, and what we're trying to do is to develop alternative antibiotics whereby we can go in and target specific nasty pathogenic bacteria without causing the collateral damage with antibiotics. If you treat with someone with vancomycin, you completely denude the microbiome, leaving it open to infection by things like Clostridium difficile. Whereas we believe we can generate, we can knock out Clostridium difficile and, and not cause that collateral damage. So that's one particular area antimicrobial resistance. But there are other, like when you think of methane, say, for instance, methane production, it's very, very um, controversial now in, in Ireland at the moment. Like, it's not controversial, it's a problem, it's, but coming up with solutions for it in agriculture is a problem, which is one of the main generators. Ruminant, uh, ruminant microbiome activity is what is causing uh, methane production. And what we have been doing is we've been developing you know, silage additives, probiotics, if you like, that will take out these methane-producing bacteria from the microbiome. And thus far, we have significantly reduced, through these additives, methane production. And so we live in a microbial world. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in human health where microbiome can have a big effect. But by affecting changes in that micro microbial world, are you looking into the soil microbiome at all? Is that yeah. of interest? Yes, it's very much of interest. And we are just starting. One of the areas we're looking at in soil is looking for new antibiotics and areas like that. Looking because in soil is a quite a competitive environment. And so we're going in on a discovery basis, looking for what kind of microbes and what they produce. And, and maybe how we can turn this around to, you know, uh, to come up with alternatives to say food preservatives mm -hmm. that are that are more green or mm -hmm. you know antibiotics that are more natural wow. wow it's really exciting stuff i mean really um global public health changing stuff um so it must be wonderful to be involved in work that is that important and i, I, I suppose you know as, as i said again an area to be involved in an area that 
you know, is uh, transformative. It's completely transformative. And it addresses and can address some of the global challenges that mankind faces because we do, as I said, as I emphasize, live in a microbial world, a world that is surrounded by microbes. And we are ourselves inhabited by trillions of microbes that have a huge effect on our health. And we, and we has a huge effect on our health in two at two times of life, very early. And, and we believe we have a very large program using large uh, mother baby cohorts on how uh, microbiomes develop early, very early in life and how perhaps we disrupt them, you know, unintentionally with antibiotics, you know, mm. and, and the consequences of doing that very early in life. But also in later life where, you know, the microbiome becomes disentangled, if you were, and, and, and can exasperate aging and you mentioned, say, uh, mental health deficits and things like that. Well, thank you so much for the important work that you do there. And uh, long may it continue. Thank you, Paul. Thanks very much.